Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. All right, it is that time of year again. I am so excited to be headed over to Washington, D.C. for FinCon. If you were attending FinCon and you listened to this podcast, make sure you say hello. I would love to meet you. I'd love to give you a big old hug if you're a hugger. (laughs) I guess not everybody's a hugger. This is just a Whitney problem. But I'd love to meet you in person and get to know you as an individual and what you're up to and just hear all the cool stuff. So if you are headed to FinCon, make sure you say hello. Definitely squeeze by. And if you have a chance, then come over to my session where I talk about podcasting is on Saturday at 11 a.m. Super, super stoked about that. Also super stoked about today's money win. Today's money win comes from Kate. Kate said, just made my last car payment. I am 100% debt free for the first time as an adult. Hashtag money win. Kate, I am so incredibly proud of you. That is such a killer accomplishment. And I think the fact that you're 100% debt free God, that's got to feel good. Cars just drive differently when you don't have that car payment. So I am very, very proud of you and just wanted to give you all of the recognition for the hard earned money win that you have. So congrats again to you and all of your hard work. You're amazing. All right. Speaking of amazing, I'm really excited to introduce you guys to one of my new friends, Miko Love. Miko is an accredited financial counselor and founder of the Budget Mom LLC, which is a blog, a YouTube channel, and a hub for people to improve their financial lives through budgeting. Her claim to fame come from a low point after finding herself divorced and newly and, and a newly single mom. Miko got busy putting together a financial plan and she paid off over $77,000 in eight months and is now growing a business and a community helping others be better in their financial lives too. It's incredible. The community that she's built around the budget mom is truly inspiring. It's amazing to see the growth and it's just been, man, the interaction is incredible. Every time I need a little inspiration, I'll go over to her page and I will see all of the cool things people are doing. So it's really, really great stuff. In this episode, we get into how money was talked about when Mika was a kid. We talk about why monthly budgeting didn't really work for her and instead what she did to to kind of accomplish that so she could still budget and make progress in her financial life. We talk about getting into a motorcycle accident and then, get this, finding out she was pregnant two weeks after. Gosh, that would just stress me out. It's so, so scary, but we talk about that experience. We also talk about this like come to Jesus moment that Miko had after she had her son. This is when her financial life started to become a little bit bigger than just her. We talk about why side hustling was important for paying down debt, doing a no clothes binge for an entire year and why that was impactful for her personal and financial life, how she hopes to further her debt-free business and her current goal of buying a home in cash. There are so many good little tidbits in here that I think will really resonate with you guys. I am truly excited to introduce you to my friend Miko Love from thebudgetmom.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by one of my new friends, Kamiko Love. I am so excited to chat with you, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks for having me. I think we connected maybe probably through Instagram and then we were lucky enough to meet each other in person at statement events. So how did you enjoy New York? I loved it. Um, It's not necessarily a place I think I can live. (laughs) I I need my country and my horses and my outdoors (laughs) and my space. Um, But I think it, you know, it was a great place to visit and a great, you know, I took my mom with me. So we just had a great time. (laughs) So cool. So right now, 
it's not going to be at the time of this recording. You are officially launching another round of your product. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you're up to? Yeah. So we just got done ordering, um, starting the pre-orders for my new planner, the Live Rich Planner. Um, it's a new, brand new product that we just introduced, my first life planner. Um, so yeah, it's going really well and I'm really excited. How many products do you have officially now? Oh my. Um, physical products, I currently have two, um, but we're introdu introducing um, another seven over the next uh, probably six months. Holy so those yeah, so those are physical products that can be shipped to your door. Um, but as far as printables go, we have many, 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 many. Um, it grows every single day. So, you know, over 100. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, take us clear back. I want to hear about when you were a kid, how was money talked about? So when I was growing up, um, money was not talked about. It was not something that was brought into the home. Um, my mom was a single mom who raised me and my sister by herself and worked three jobs um, to sustain the life that we had, um, putting me through all of my school sports and my, my sister's academic activities. Um, so it was never really talked about. It was it was me seeing mom swipe her card um, and put food on the table the best way she knew how. So um, it's a little bit different, of course, now with me having my son, which is, um, you know, we have a money conversation pretty much every day. Um, but growing up, it just wasn't um, a conversation that we really had. Mm, okay. So was your, was your parents, were they good savers or not so much? Um, not so much. You know, my mom at the time, um, didn't really have the means to save, um, or the income to save. I mean, she was a waitress and lived off tips. Um, but she did manage, you know, to save for the things that were really important to her for providing for us, you know, like sending me away, um, I was able to go on a really big school trip my senior year. Um, I took skiing lessons and I was in multiple sports and that she, you know, she was able to provide and save for that. But as far as long-term savings or big savings, um, it just wasn't at her disposal at the time. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty normal too. A lot of us aren't taught personal finance. And so we just model what our parents did. So that kind of leads me to my next question for you. So you graduate high school, took a cool trip. What did you do immediately after high school? Did you go to college? I did. I went straight into college um, to save money um, and to take out less student loans. I went to a two-year university um, to get my AA credits out of the way, and then I transferred to a four-year um, university where I finished up my degree there. Very cool. What'd you study? Um, I actually went and got a business administration degree. Um, I majored in accounting and finance. Oh, I didn't realize you were in accounting. How funny. That was my background, too. Yes, it was definitely, you know, I'm glad I got the double major because I, I got out of college and I immediately went into the accounting realm and it was not for me. I think I learned Same. that pretty much the, I learned that pretty much the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. That's like exactly. I w walked into this little office. I'm like, oh, I'm in a cubicle. Like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> I know. I went in and it was funny because the very first accounting job I applied for, I wasn't even graduated college yet. In fact, I had just started my accounting classes wow. and they laid out a bunch of ledgers in front of me and they said, use these ledgers. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, what do I do with this? Did I'm I like, this no. day? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I totally relate to that. So you, you walked in first day and you're like, nope, not for me. So then you switched and what, what was your job? Um, I went. Um, I got, I was really fortunate and blessed. I got hired at a local financial firm who, um, deal, dealt with, you know, retirement investments. Um, it was an investment firm. Um, and I started out as an assistant 
Um, and I stayed there for many years. And as time went on, I tested to become a registered advisor and ultimately an accredited financial counselor. So cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the registered advisor. What does that mean specifically? So that just necessarily means that I went through the testing. So I have my series seven um, designation. It, it's a, a test that I absolutely hated studying for. <laughs> It's pretty brutal, um, but it basically just makes you know you legal to go ahead and give investment advice and be a registered advisor. Um, I enjoyed my accredited financial counseling designation and that type of studying a lot more. Um, and ultimately, it's what made me decide that investments was not for me. Mm. Um, that was not the space for me. That personal finance and money management was definitely more of my passion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So Miko, did you learn about personal finance from your accounting and finance degrees? Is that what started the whole rabbit hole? No, no, not (laughs) at all. You know, I think I can remember a brief small class about personal finance. Um, but it wasn't really until I started working in the financial industry that my advisor sat me down and said, you need to create a budget for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one of the first tasks he gave me when I walked in and started the job. And that's when my budgeting journey really started. That was the first time that I ever wrote numbers down on a piece of paper. So my whole entire financial life was written down on a piece of paper. And I think that's when I realized how severe my debt load was also. Mm. So when you wrote down all those numbers, were you were you in the red or did were you cash flow oh, positive? I was in the red, 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 <laughs> red. <laughs> I had like a negative, negative net worth. <laughs> You're like, oh, damn. Yeah, I was like, when I, I think that's what really kind of kicked my butt into gear was seeing, you know, when you're making minimum debt payments, it doesn't feel that bad. It's $30. It's $100 here. It's $40 here. But when you set it down on a piece of paper and you look at the overall debt load, you know, I was getting close to $100,000. You know, we're looking at three figures worth of debt. Um, At that time, it didn't seem bad, but when I saw that, I was like, man, okay, this is going to get worse before it gets better. I need to do something now. So what did you do? What was your now moment? My now moment was sitting down and trying to create that budget. And that was my first real experience with trying to figure out how to manage my money. Um, in a way I thought to myself, well, if I can have more income to throw out my debt, it's going to go down faster. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at ways I knew that started with budgeting and and getting control of my spending. Um, And that's when I started my deep dive research into the crazy internet web um, of everything that I could find. And of course, when I went searching, you know, one of the most normal things that you see is being thrown into a monthly budget format. Um, And that's what I thought I had to do. And I spent years trying to figure out why I was failing and why it wasn't working. And ultimately it started me on a journey of what was, you know, what worked for me. I am loving this because very similar to you, I tried the whole monthly budget stuff because at that time there wasn't a lot of voices in personal finance. So I was listening to the Dave Ramsey method of put it all on paper and then figure it out. And yeah, very similar to you. I was like, this is not working. Like I cannot quite figure out what is going on. So for you with the monthly budget, why was it not working for your life? What did you notice? Well, because ultimately my pay schedule and my life was not built around the monthly pay period. Um, I got paid twice a month on the 5th and the 20th of every month. Um, For some reason, my brain just did not register trying to squeeze that into a monthly box. You know, here I was paying my bills every time I got a paycheck, which was twice a month. 
but I'm trying to manage my money monthly. And at the time, it didn't click to me that um, not using a monthly budget was even an option. I thought that was, you know, here's what the financial experts were telling me. This is what I had to do to be successful with my money. Um, I never really gave my per myself permission to do it my way. And what I felt in my heart and what I knew in my head would be better. I tried forcing myself for so long to be put into that monthly box. Um, so it just had to do with my pay schedule and the way that my mind worked. Mm. So did you, during this time of budgeting, did you have your son already? No. So I, it was so funny. My poor boss at the time. So here's the thing. I started in 2011 in the financial industry and literally four days before I started my new job, I was in a severe motorcycle accident. Um, I shattered my wrist. I had a bruised pelvic bone. I had two black eyes. It was pretty bad. And the worst thing about it is I did not have medical insurance or motorcycle insurance at the time, which added to my debt load. I had severe medical debt and I went into this new job with a broken right arm. <laughs> oh no, great. A shattered wrist and it was my writing arm. And not only that, Two weeks later, I had to inform my boss that I was pregnant. Stop it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. He showed me grace, and he showed me patience, and he took a chance on me. He's probably just thinking in his mind, like, oh, man, this girl. Like, what? <laughs> what did I hire? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I had my son in August of 2012. So it was about a year after I started um, working at, in the financial industry. That is so funny. Uh, man, what was the recovery like after the accident? Um, it was physical therapy. I ended up with a plate and six screws in my wrist that I still have to this day. Um, it was a long period of time, probably about six months before I was back at it with my right, my, my right hand. Mm. Um, but he, so I spent the first six months writing with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> was he asking my, for clarification all the time? Yeah, yeah, my handwriting was probably just awful. Um, but we, we managed and we got through it. And then, of course, eventually I was back to normal. But <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. So then you find out you're pregnant. And I can imagine that that changed a lot of things. So what was going through your head about the finances of being pregnant? Um, so my son was not planned. He was an unplanned pregnancy. And let me tell you, it was my life changing moment. Mm. Um, you know, of course, when I found out I was pregnant, it was, oh my gosh, just pure fear, right? I had all this debt. Um, I was making my bills on time, but I didn't have a lot of extra income for food and gas and variable expenses. I was sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, how am I going to raise this kid? Like, how am I going to afford a new human being in my life that I'm truly responsible for? Um, but it wasn't until after having my son and actually seeing him for the first time. Now, I know moms out there, we can all relate to this. That first time that you see your son, you experience a new level of love that you didn't know existed. In my mind, you truly don't understand and know love until you see your child for the first time. It was just completely overwhelming. I remember I had body shakes. Mm -hmm. I could not control my body shakes, and I was just tears. I couldn't control the waterworks. It was just insane. <laughs> um, it was at that moment that I knew in my heart it was no longer just wanting to manage my finances for myself. I had to learn how to do it because 
I now had this itty bitty human being that I can now see and hold in my arms completely dependent on me. And that is a whole new level of responsibility that truly just scared the crap out of me. Yeah, fair. I don't have kids. So every time I think of that, I can imagine it's so much pressure of just feeling like I can't mess this up. I don't want them to be taking on my debt and taking on my responsibilities. So at that time, what was your debt load like? What did, what kind of debt did you have? Well, I, I still had medical debt from my motorcycle accident. I had credit card debt. I had um, student loans. Um, and so it was really just a combination of three debt loads. And we were, you know, I was probably at that time, probably about $40,000 or so um, that, yeah, of just all, all those different types of debts. Now, I was very fortunate. I filled out a hardship with my medical debt and had 90% of that um, actually paid for. Oh, wow. Yes, I was very, very fortunate um, that the hospital that I went to offered a hardship program. Um, but it still left me with about thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000. Um, that I had to pay that I was sitting here making $10 minimum payments on because that's what I could afford. Um, and same with my student loans. I was on the income-based repayment plan paying $50 a month. Um, and as you can probably imagine, making those types of payments on such a huge debt load felt like it would just take forever to pay off. Oh, for sure. So how did you get additional cash flow to pay that down? So I started looking at, I knew that I could, I cut everything that I possibly could from my budget. It started, you know, we have two choices when it comes to our income. We can either increase it or we can decrease our spending. Those are our two options that are in front of us. Um, I cut all the expenses, literally had a bare bones budget. I knew my only option was increasing income to do that working full time and raising a new, a new child. I looked for ways that I could do it from home. So it was, I took learning photography. Um, it was something that always interested me and I knew that I could do it on the weekends and I could bring my son. Um, so I was fortunate enough that I had a friend in the real estate market and he got me on taking some photos of some houses and that type of photography during the weekend. Um, and I was able to tote my son around. Um, so that was one way. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but $250 extra a month was a lot to me. Yeah. That was, that was a massive amount to my debt that I wasn't usually making. Um, so that's where my, you know, my snowball on paying off my debt really happened. I love this. And I love too, that you went this an extra step further to help you track your progress. You use those little like trackers where you color and everything. Yeah. How did you, how'd you find out about this idea? Yeah. So I have to get a huge, you give a huge shout out to debtfreecharts.com. Um, so she's just amazing. She makes all these really cool uh, color visual trackers on, for your financial journey, whether it be saving or paying off debt. I'm a visual learner. And what keeps me stimulated, what keeps me excited and dedicated and motivated is seeing progress even when I don't feel like I'm making any. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I do that as a visual person is using either trackers or charts or something that I can color in, something that I can visually see every day in front of my face, which is the main reason in a lot of my Instagram videos, you see my entire financial journey behind me and represented in these charts. Um, it just was one of those things that truly kept me motivated because let's be honest, our budgeting and financial journeys are long and they can feel daunting. And it's mm -hmm. like you make a $50 payment. It feels like just a drop in the bucket, 
But when you can actually see it every day and you can see that progress visually, it really does change your mindset. Hey, are you looking for an easy way to manage your stock investments, incorporate a goals-based investing approach, and get portfolios designed to earn passive income through dividends? Me too. That's why I was so excited to learn more about Emperor Investments. Emperor Investments is an online platform with tailor-made portfolios of individual stocks. It's easy to use, it helps you build passive income, and it has actual people ready to help you answer all of your questions and understand your investing portfolio. I personally love the Emperor Investments focus focuses on passive income, is a woman-owned business, and takes a modern approach to help you create a portfolio that fits for your specific risk tolerance. So whether you're looking for a retirement strategy or investing for a down payment on a future home, Emperor Investments has you covered. If you're ready to start achieving your financial goals with the passive income approach, head over to emperorinvests.com Whitney to get six months of investing for free. Again, that's emperorinvests.com slash Whitney to get six months of investing for free. You are going to love their strategy and it's so easy to create an account. So make sure you head over there and support our podcast sponsor. Oh, heck yeah. And I know cutting expenses is one of the scariest things for people to do because it really requires you to have some self-awareness. What were some of the hardest things for you to cut out of your budget? Um, I literally stopped buying clothes. Ooh, really? Yes, I cut out and I went on this uh, one year binge of just no new clothes at all. So here's the thing, you know, during this time while I was paying off debt all through my financial journey, your financial journey is also a self discovery. I think it's really important that people don't just focus on saving money or paying off debt, but truly learning who they are. Mm. Um, How do they think? What are, what are those psychological and emotional triggers behind the way that we manage our money? And for me, my self was discovery was being able to admit out loud that I did not love myself. Ooh, that, that's deep. Yes. That spending money was my way of compensating for the negative feelings that I had about myself. Now it seems like it's a really th- easy thing to figure out, but for me, it took many years. Every time I went to the mall or spent money, I never just stopped for a second and said, hey, why am I here? I know I don't have the money. I know I'm gonna be swiping my credit card. So why am I here? What is What brought me to this point? Here I am walking around with a bunch of new clothes on hangers on my hand. I never thought to stop and just ask that question. Hmm. And over time, you know, it was just really being, being stepping up and saying, you know what, I'm here because I, I feel bad about myself. I'm having a bad day and I don't love who I am. I'm not 100% comfortable in my own skin. I'm the type of person that would compare myself to others. I wanted what she had. I wanted the purse that she had or the clothes she was wearing or the hair that she had or the shoes that she had. I was never just truly honest and just truly okay with what I had Mm -hmm. and who I was and what I could truly afford in my life and the lifestyle I could afford. Um, And so that was a huge, huge thing on my, on my financial journey. That's a huge discovery too. I, I, similar to you, I, I found for my own life, whenever I'm feeling insecure or going through that Instagram comparison, it's always freaking Instagram. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) it always looks so perfect. You're like, Oh, how do you do this? 
<laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But whenever I feel very insecure about myself is when I notice that I'm starting to shop more or I'm looking on Ulta to see what are the new products. I'm like, I don't need, I mean, I'm 30. Yeah. I don't need eye cream. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. ridiculous. <laughs> so for you, okay, you cut out shopping, which is huge. Did you find that as you stuck to your budget more and you started to better your financial life, did that bring up your personal confidence as well? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, it wasn't easy at first. You know, it was a matter of waking up every day and saying, I am enough. What I have is enough. Um, because the last thing that you want to do is wake up and say, I want more, 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 Mm -hmm. right? You want to wake up and be truly satisfied with your surroundings and what you do have. And one of those things for me was just learning to be thankful and feeling just truly blessed through what my surroundings, even though they weren't perfect, they were mine. Um, And so that was one of the things, but also another thing that I gave up really was eating out, um, learning that my food budget was my silent killer when it came to my budgeting and, and the way that I spent my money. So learning how to meal plan was also really, really big for me. Um, And it was another one of those ways that I really was able to cut down and save some money. Okay, so you reduced your expenses, you got on some income-based repayment plans, so that allowed you to at least afford to make some of the minimum, so you're staying current, and then at that same time, you're picking up photography, you're learning mm-hmm. how to do this on the side, mm-hmm. and then was is it just like slow grind? Is that what got you to your results? Yeah, it really was slow grind, but here's the thing. When I started taking my accredited financial counseling designation, something really happened to me. I started discovering all this really really helpful information. And it wasn't those same examples that I was seeing when I was learning how to budget my money. It was talking about the emotional side of money management. And I started thinking to myself, there were some nights where I would leave work and I just wanted to scream from the rooftops. This is the stuff I wish I would have known two years ago, three years ago when I started my journey. This would have changed everything for me. And I felt deep inside like I had a purpose. I had a duty to share that information with other people who were struggling like I did, who felt like I did, who felt overwhelmed and stressed and just completely depleted. I wanted to help them because now I felt like I had the information that could truly change people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started focusing on the budget mom. In fact, You know, my designation in studying is what caused me to write my first article for The Budget Mom. I found out something really cool about credit reports, and it was like, oh, my gosh, it's like light bulb, right? You're (laughs) on the moment. And I I desperately wanted an outlet. I felt guilty that I had this knowledge in my head, but I had no one to share it with, no one to tell. And so that's why I started blogging is just an outlet to get all of this stuff because then I felt like I was doing something. That's awesome. I That's didn't. I wasn't just, yeah, I just wasn't holding the information for myself and being a hoarder and being selfish with it. <laughs> I, was doing, I was doing something with the information that I had. And I've always had a, a passion for helping people. And it just made sense to start blogging for me. So you started the blog first and then did it go to YouTube and then Instagram? Or what was your, your progression there? <laughs> In fact, I've had Instagram set up since the beginning. Um, it didn't have much growth for the first couple years. In fact, we were stagnant at about 2,000 followers for the longest time. Um, and then I realized that I could do so much more for people if I started video. Yeah. 
that that my message could possibly be relayed to so many more people in a different way, um, right? Because it all comes down to how we learn. I was taking care of the people who like to learn with reading, but I wanted to take care of the people who needed to be shown. Mm-hmm. And being shown instead of being thrown examples and words is completely different, um, and which is why I started doing video on Instagram. And once I started sharing my real numbers, and what my journey and what it truly looks like to have someone have a successful budget in their life using my real numbers is when my Instagram just really started taking off. I love that you use your real numbers too, because I actually, I do not with my stuff. I've always been, I just, I don't know, man, I always have struggles with that, but you did. Were you hesitant from the beginning of doing that? Um, not so much with sharing my numbers. I think I was more scared of getting on video than I was sharing my real numbers. Oh, Um, yes. Talk to us about that. Yes. My fear of getting on camera for the world to see me uh, was about a year struggle. I struggled with it. I, I, I wanted to do it, but I was deathly afraid of being judged. Mm. I was, you know, I already knew I had these self-confidence issues. I already knew that I had these comparison issues it's stepping up to a whole new level to make yourself vulnerable to negative comments and judgment. And goodness gracious, I was petrified of what the world would think about me. Um, what if they don't like me? What if they don't like the way I look or how I talk? What if someone tells me I'm stupid because of the advice that I'm trying to give? What if someone disagrees with, with me? I hate confrontation. I am not that type of person. Um, and so I also kind of shrivel in, in with negativity. I kind of back away and crawl into a ball, you know, in a corner of my room. I, I don't like it. I don't handle it well. But I also knew that my passion for helping people was more important than negativity would ever be. And that if in order to help people, I had to deal and grow up and deal with those negative comments and grow a backbone, then that's what I needed to do. And one day I just got on Instagram and I did a story, a video story, and I was met with such love and understanding and support. And I thought to myself, there may be one negative comment in the sea of a thousand good ones. The thousand good ones is what's worth it. And that's what I need to focus on. And I've been telling myself that every day I've been doing a video on my Instagram every day for the last year and a half. I haven't missed a day. Um, and I will continue, yeah, I will continue to show up for my readers every day. I love that you've got this like bigger sense of purpose of like, this is my duty to help people because I don't want them to go through what I went through. So take us to what was like the lowest point in your life where you were like, something has to change. Like we, I, I love like that you're sharing your story, but I know that we all go through some serious crap. So what was that low point for you? The low point for me, I will never, ever forget it. Um, We just got done going to the park with my son, and my son asked me if we could stop by McDonald's and get an ice cream cone. We got into the drive-thru, and, you know, the ice cream cone came up to like $1.09 or something like that, and I pulled up, and when I took out my wallet, I hesitated. And instead of handing her my debit card, I gave her my credit card because I was afraid that my debit card would be rejected because I didn't even know if I had a $1.09 in my checking account. I relied on debt to get my son an ice cream cone. That was the lowest point, I think, for me, was finally realizing 
that I could not pursue the opportunity opportunities or memories that I wanted with my child without relying on debt. Mm-hmm. And that was not okay. Um, and I, I will, I will always, and now every time we go to McDonald's and we go through and get ice cream, I think about that moment. And when I hand my, them cash from my cash envelopes, every single time it's a victory for me. That's so cool. I love this. You're like, here McDonald's, you get $2. It's a tip. <laughs> yes. Just to prove your point. You know, it, it's a really small amount and to some it may seem crazy, but it's a really good feeling when I can hand them cash because of that memory and that moment that I have etched in the back of my mind. That's amazing. And just to give everybody some context here, you are kicking butt in your business. I'm not going to share your revenue numbers. That's totally your deal, but you're kicking butt. And even though you're still kicking butt, you are still doing your cash envelopes. I, when we went to lunch, you pull out, you're like, here we go. <laughs> and it was the cutest thing. But I love that you practice what you preach, even though your income has substantially grown. I think it's amazing. Yes. You know, one of the things that I've learned is what truly makes you wealthy is not how much you make, but how much you keep and how you spend your money. Um, that very, became very apparent to me. You know, I went from being this mom who was barely affording minimum payments on a credit card to now running a seven figure business and lifestyle inflation, all of these temptations. I realized that's not the life that I wanted for myself, that true wealth for me looked like saving. Mm. And in order to do that, even though my income, my income inc- increased, I needed to stay at that level of lifestyle where I was truly just happy. I love the emphasis on happiness too. Cause it, I think that was a lot of the inner work you did where you're working on your confidence and realizing that buying stuff isn't going to make you happy. In fact, it usually makes you worse. Cause then you take out more debt and you feel even crappier about yourself. <laughs> it's the worst. Okay, so I have a philosophical question for you. I've gone back and forth on this, and I'm curious what your your opinion is. So I see a lot of people that talk about, like, the latte factor, you know, buying your latte every day or whatever the heck your version of the latte is. A lot of people say that that doesn't matter and that the daily things, the daily joys are still important. Do you believe that, or is there certain circumstances where that's not true? So I think the daily spending, so going every day and getting a latte does hurt your budget in some way. There is a negative effect because here's what happens. You spend three or four dollars here. It doesn't seem like a lot at the time because you're doing it momentarily Mm -hmm. at that one time. But if I were to ask you to go back and track all of those lattes that you got during the day, it could be hundreds. And then you ask yourself, Well, here I am telling myself I don't have enough money to make an extra debt payment, but you do. It just came in small forms every day that you made the conscious decision to spend on lattes rather than an extra debt payment or your financial goals. But with that being said, I am a huge believer in the reward system. I, you know, throughout my my financial journey, I lost myself along the way. I forgot what made me happy. And one of the true purposes why everybody budgets. We budget our money so we can afford to do the things we want without going into debt, right? Financial freedom, and that looks differently for everybody. However, if you are so focused on saving and debt and your financial priorities and just, you know, grind, 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 
and you forget what truly makes you happy as you. It no longer becomes important. The purpose of budgeting gets decreased a small amount. And so I think, and I tell my readers, every single month, have a fun cash envelope. Put in your budget $15 every month, $20, even if it's $10. Give yourself a small reward, but plan for it in your budget. So for the longest time when I was paying off debt, I allowed myself to get $1 Diet Cokes from McDonald's. Get and it, girl. <laughs> yeah, and if you look on my Instagram feed, it was me getting those small rewards and learning to appreciate and be happy with the small stuff. Rewards, when I say rewards, it doesn't have to mean going out and getting the new North Face jacket or going out and getting the new Prada purse. It means doing small things to enjoy the small pleasures in your life that can truly make you smile without breaking your budget. Because to me, that's going to keep you motivated because then you're no longer asking yourself, what the heck am I doing this for? Right. You know, so I do believe in the reward system, but the daily spending without being aware of it is what can hurt you. Hugely, right? I always, every time I hear people say that, you know, like, buy the latte. I'm like, how much money are you guys make it? Like, what's going on over here? Like, I, I mean, every person that I see, it matters. It's it's that it, daily yeah. stuff matters a lot. So I was just curious on what your take was on that. And now with your business, you're to the point where you're working full-time, doing your own thing. I know you're hustling like crazy. So paint us a picture of where you're hoping to take your business. What are you working towards? So right now, you know, I've always had this dream and the, and the reason I really want to start the budget mom and what this vision I've had is I've always had this passion of wanting to help low income families with financial counseling. My heart is for the people who truly need financial help, but don't know where to turn or they can't afford it. That's where my passion lies. It's why I became an accredited financial counselor, which truly, truly is all about low income um, needs and, and that type of circumstance. It's very specific. Um, and so I hope to one day have my own space. Now, currently I run this business from the corner of my kitchen in my 800 square foot apartment as I save up to buy my first home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one day I hope to have a place where I could bring those families in and meet with them one on one. Um, that is the ultimate, ultimate goal for me. And it's something that I see myself doing. Um, but also I'm hoping that, you know, my business grows because what I mean by say business grows, I don't mean money. Mm -hmm. What I mean is reaching more people. Yep. Impact. More impact. The more people that truly know I exist, um, it's a greater chance that I'll be able to truly change lives and help people that feel like there is no hope. Um, and that's where my heart really is. I love it. I think it's incredible. And I, there's one piece I have to point out that you are talking about. You're saying you're saving up for your home in cash because a lot of people would get to the level you're at and immediately say, I don't have to save up for cash. Like I can just go buy this house. Like truly you could go buy your dream home tomorrow, yes. but you're waiting to buy it in cash. Why? So I've decided, you know, this is a long-term goal. This is a two or three year savings goal, but here's why I chose it. When I left my full-time job and became self-employed, 
I knew that making money decisions was no longer just about numbers. It had to do with peace of mind. Um, peace of mind is something that you can't put a value on. And for me, it's more important than anything in the world. Um, and so having a huge mortgage payment hanging over my head while I'm self-employed scared the crap out of me. Oh, for sure. In, fa yeah. in fact, it was so scary, I was up at night thinking about it. Um, and even though some people say, well, you're throwing money at rent on something that will never be yours. In fact, I'll be writing a huge article on my decision to, to make, to buy my first house with cash. Sometimes in your heart, you have to make decisions based on what you know is right over what the numbers might be saying to you or telling you. And in this case, the numbers were looked right to me, but not only that, I slept better at night. Um, and, and not only that, but it sets me up for a future plan that I've established, you know, the possibility of retiring early. I mean, imagine not having a mortgage payment on your dream home and the possibilities and doors that that truly opens. If you think about it, our mortgage payments are probably one of our biggest expenses in our monthly budgets already, right, right next to daycare and medical insurance. Um, the fact to be able to wipe one of those out was um, amazing for me. Yeah, and daycare will be gone soon too. Yes, yes. In Heck fact, yeah. yeah, I'm really fortunate that grandma is a huge part of our lives and, and is able to watch my son now um, when workload does get very heavy. Um, but it, it was just the matter of I could not see myself being self-employed and having that ginormous mortgage payment hanging over my head. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, it's so scary because, I mean, we both know business is awesome, but business can take any direction you never know. It's exactly, totally exactly. And here's the thing. You know, equity is not guaranteed either. No, it's um, not. I could, I could go out today and, yes, and, and finance a home and, and have it go up and have it be worth more than what I bought it, but it could also go down. So, um, so these are options that I had to weigh. Now, of course, just like with investing, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you which way the housing market is going to be in a year or two years. But I knew that the risk was, for me, worth it yeah. um, to be able to pay that with cash and not have the interest payments and not have to worry about everything else that comes with owning a home. <laughs> it's a lot. Anybody that says it's cheaper, I'm like, I don't know what kind of house you're talking about. <laughs> Yes. It is well, never. You know, the fact, too, that my house is going to be a lot different. Um, you know, we're looking at 20 acres of land. And that property wow. yeah, property taxes on things like that is just an ex another expense to add on top of everything, you know? 20 acres, my friend. What are you going to do with 20 acres? Yeah, so, you know, I grew up on a farm. I'm a country girl. Um, I like space. You know, I want my son to be able to experience some of the best memories that I had with my mom, which was growing up and going out on the farm. Um, so we plan on having animals. Um, I'm hoping to be completely 100 self-reliant on veggies and fruits. We will have a garden and we will be doing solar. And not only that, we will be doing a budget mom business building. Um, so we will be building the budget mom headquarters right next to the residents. And so it will be one step closer to my dream of, of helping those low income families. So amazing. That's going to be incredible. I'm so excited to see when that day comes to life too, because I know it'll happen, but it's it just will, a matter of time. I, right now I apologize in advance for the waterworks. Because <laughs> it's going to be a very exciting day for, for me and my son. Oh my gosh. Heck yes. So, okay. One of the things that I hear about 
cash envelopes specifically, it's a big fear. I think it's kind of an irrational fear, but it's, I don't want to carry that much cash with me because if I lose it or I get mugged or whatever the heck, how do you, how do you deal with that? So for me, I never had that fear. Um, but I do definitely understand the people who might, um, the great thing about the cash envelope method is Yes, it's great to make your budget tangible, to have that cash in your hands, to physically see how much you have to spend. However, there is a goal that we produce awareness Mm -hmm. and tracking your spending and be aware of your spending can happen without carrying cash. We call it the cashless, cashless envelope method. It's essentially tracking your spending as you spend it and keeping an updated balance on a card Rather than carrying the cash, you keep it in a separate checking account for spending. Um, But for me, it it changed everything for me with my spending. I'm a spender at heart. um, So swiping my debit card made it too easy for me. It did not allow me to see the big picture of my spending and the trade-offs. So when we spend money now, we fail to realize what we give up in the future to do that. Having cash let's you I mean you start asking yourself <laughs> those questions like I only have $30 left in my envelope is this purchase truly necessary mm-hmm. you're forced to ask yourself those questions and so for me I don't carry all the cash with me I plan ahead and I only carry the cash envelopes that I know I will need that day so whether that's getting gas or it's stopping by the grocery store on the way home um and, and maybe, you know, it's possibly I'm going to do some clothing shopping. I would bring my clothing envelope with me that day. So it's a matter of bringing a level of organization to your life and planning, which is also going to help reduce some of that stress. Amen to that, sister. I love it. I think it's amazing. You have shared so many good tips. I could easily chat with you for all day, but to respect <laughs> your time since you're mid-launch and hiring, um, are you down for some rapid fire questions? I am. All right, let's do this. So what is one purchase you have recently made that has made your life better? Oh, I bought a book. Very cool. Yes, I bought a book that really has kind of changed the way I see my business. It's called Million Dollar Woman. Um, And it's definitely just opened my eyes to the possibilities and seeing myself um, in a different way. I love it. Okay, Million Dollar Woman. I'm adding that to the list. Um, so the next question, this is a selfish one because I'm very obsessed with people's morning routines. So what is your current morning routine? Um, I currently get up at 5 a.m. every morning and I, first thing I do is grab a cup of coffee. Next thing I do is I head over to my kitchen table and I start working on my budget. Dang. Yes. It's like (laughs) just, (laughs) it's just like that. It's like clockwork. It's been that way for me for, for years and years and years. Um, I spent about 15 minutes tracking my spending, updating my budget workbook. And then the rest of the morning I am answering emails for the next three hours. I answer emails and messages. That's craziness. Yeah. And then get your son off to school when that season's back in and Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying the summer season because I can just let him do, <laughs> we can just stay home and kind of take it easy. But summer, you know, I take that 20 minutes, drop him off, but then I'm right back at work. I love it. Okay. Next question for you. What's one location you're dying to travel to? Oh, Fiji. Fiji. Yes. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I, I'm currently saving for a vacation to Fiji. It is my, uh, on one of my top things on my to-do list. <laughs> so fun. What do you want to do in Fiji? Swim. 
You know, I want to stay in one of those little huts that have the clear glass um, bottoms where you can see. Yes, I'm all about, I'm a a fish when it comes to water. And so swimming and snorkeling and seeing um, water life, I think would just be amazing. Oh, heck yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm excited to see that trip too when that finally comes to fruition. Yes. Okay, last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Awareness. Just like that. (laughs) I love it. I'm like golf clapping over here. (laughs) Yes. Um, I say that so fast just because I've seen uh, the difference it's made in my life. And the fact and, and the real truth is change can't happen until we're aware of what needs to be changed. And it's as simple as that. I love it. Okay. So for everybody listening in that wants to learn more about you, Instagram for sure. And you are at the budget mom. Where else should they go to hang out with you? Yeah. So the budget mom is really um, my heart and soul. It's where I live. It's where I, I, I have, you know, my personal connection with my readers and my followers. Um, for more in-depth detail videos, you can check out my YouTube, which is at the budget mom or thebudgetmom.com for all of my free resources. I love it. And they can watch the financial Joanna Gaines in action. Yes. yes. <laughs> People call me. It's so silly. It's so funny. I'm like hoping and praying a little bit deep down inside that she notices all these hashtags and is like, hey, Miko, come to Magnolia Market. You know? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> like, talk to me about oh your planner. <laughs> it might happen. You never know. You guys do like very similar. It's hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. Miko, thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate your time. And it was really, truly a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. Thank you so much for having me. All right. What'd you think? I love this episode with Miko. I thought she did a really good job of illustrating why little things can really go quite a distance when it comes to your financial life, like her no clothes binge for an entire year and how that really impacted her confidence and her financial life. I thought that was really interesting to hear. And I also loved her mission of buying a home in cash because so often we hear that and we think that you shouldn't be doing that because it doesn't maybe mathematically make sense, but we fail to remember that it's more about the emotional attachment than it is the math. And for Miko, this is her way of solidifying that her son always has a home and she always has a place as well. That was the part that really stood out to me. I related to that a ton and I would love to hear from you. What stood out to you specifically? Make sure you'd screenshot this episode and then tag me and Miko, the budget mom in this post so we can see what specifically really stood out to you. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. If you haven't done so already, then make sure you leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you get the latest episodes directly into your favorite podcast player. I appreciate you. I love you. I hope you're having an awesome week and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for our very normal episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Bye.